0: Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to a crossover, division crossover episode of Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Wild. So he is Seth. Am I pronouncing your last name right? Seth Tupal? Close. Close. Oh, Topal. Topol. Oh, I had the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. So, but, all good, man. All right. Well, the, people butcher mine too. So, we're in the same boat there. So, uh, he's from Locked On Wild, and I am Chris Masselli with Locked On Avalanche. And we are doing division crossovers pretty much right up until the season starts. So, uh, for me and for you, actually, Seth, we both did one with Robin from Locked On Arizona Coyotes. And this is the first crossover that we have done uh, Part with, like since we've both been a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So, uh, rivals on the ice, but uh, we're, we're friendly off the ice, are we not? Yeah,
0: foes on the ice, <laughs> friends off the
1: ice. Yes, yes. So, uh, yeah. So, we're going to get into uh, some avalanche talk and obviously some Minnesota wild talk. And then... Uh, how we think these two teams are going to fare against each other and for the season. So, uh, for me, follow the show on Twitter, L O P N underscore avalanche. On Instagram, it's locked on avalanche. And questions, comments, concerns, opinions to locked on avalanche at gmail.com. And you can follow the show on YouTube as well. Just search locked on avalanche there. For Seth, your show can be found where? Uh, you can follow locked
0: on wilds at. Locked on Wilds, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube is on the way soon, and you can also follow me at Seth Topes as you see on the screen for God. wild thoughts, other sports takes, Game of Thrones live tweeting, whatever you want. Uh, I I got you covered, pretty much a full bag.
1: Does this hurt that you're under a locked on Avalanche graphic right now? Or are you? <laughs> I okay am, uh, if
0: I've learned, if I learned anything from my game of Thrones ventures is that you have to be perfectly comfortable in enemy territory. So <laughs> I am. Uh, I am perfectly fine.
1: All right, we had a nice little quick chat on Game of Thrones uh, beforehand, but we won't we won't become locked on Game of Thrones. So yeah, we don't uh, need we yeah.
0: don't need to uh, we don't need to go yeah.
1: off. No, no, no. So, uh, <laughs> all right, we're we're. Do you do you want to do some avalanche stuff first? Do you want to talk some wild stuff first? How, how do how do which what do you feel like doing, sir? I'll throw it to your court.
0: We could, since I am the road team in this venture. Oh, I like start this with uh, with avalanche talk okay I'll move to the wild because i do have right some, uh, i've got some burning avalanche questions that uh that i have for
1: you and is this is this this is like you have your finger on the pulse of the minnesota wild so they want to know what they're in store for when it comes to the avalanche for this season. yes okay and,
0: and i'm obviously first spot i'll go is a former member of the minnesota wild now between the pipes uh for the avalanche that being darcy kemper uh, after being traded from the Coyotes to the Avalanche. So, Chris, hmm. going from Grubauer to Darcy Kemper, uh, what do you expect to see in terms of differences? Do you expect there to be a little bit of a step down between the two, or is Kemper going to be able to uh, to keep that net as clean as Grubauer did?
1: Yeah, that is, that is a burning question. Um, and if you ask Avalanche fans, Avalanche fans are, are like everything – for the regular season should be, you know, sunshine and rainbows and it won't be a problem. And we'll, we'll overcome the loss of Grubauer. They're comfortable, uh, even though he hasn't played a second of, of, you know, Kemper being the replacement. Um, you know, I think it's going to be like any other new player in a new, new town. There might be a little bit of growing pains, maybe less so because it's the goalie position. Um, but I think overall, I, I think I don't think they're gonna miss a beat. I think they're happy with with uh, what they were able to get. I don't think they're happy about what they had to give up. Uh, you always like having those first round picks, and you know Arizona. You look at them now; it's like, you, can we have it back? You, you have so many. Like, do you, do you really need it? Um, but no, you, you you have to play that game. You know, when when you're a team that is expected to go far. Even though they've been eliminated in the second round the past handful of seasons, you have to do things like that because if everything pans out, you know your, your first round pick is a very late first round pick, hopefully one of the last two in the first round. And yeah, next year's draft is going to be a deep draft. so you are missing up uh, going to miss out on a potential, I don't want to say star, you're not you can't guarantee a star that late in, in the first round pick, but a productive player. But the Avalanche have stockpiled so many prospects over the past few years. It, it's a it's a risk that they are they were easily willing to take, and they needed to shore up that position. Let's get real. You can't play the game of, well, our offense is so dynamic and so good, and our defense is so good. We can put a, a so so goalie in there, and we'll be okay. They're not going to play that game. They needed to to get a a a I don't want to just say a name cuz he is he's is a name but he he's a an A goalie. Um and they needed him. So I think Avalanche fans are happy. I think they're expecting him to produce as well, if not better than than Grubauer did because Grubauer his season last season was really his only good year with the Avalanche. And I'm not trying to say that because now he's gone and I can like rag on him or anything like that. I wanted him back. But um he did what you had to do in a contract season and he, and he cashed in on it. And, uh, I, I think Kempfer is, is, is going to to perform as well. I can't say better yet, but I think he can perform as well. Definitely. Okay.
0: Um, the other route I kind of wanted to go with this, obviously with a team like Colorado salary cap becomes an issue. So there are depth players that get more money elsewhere. They leave, um, that was certainly the case again here this off season. Which of those players that the Avalanche lost, maybe not necessarily the most notable, but which one do you think is going to have their loss felt the most this season?
1: Um, I will give you two, and for two different reasons. Um, definitely on the ice, Brandon Sod. Uh, he was he was perfect, and you know, the avalanche didn't do that well. Let's get real. Once, you know, the, the postseason came they started off well, swept St. Louis, won the first two against Vegas, and then, you know, fell off a cliff. Uh, but he was the only guy that you could really say had a good postseason for the avalanche in, in totality. Um, and he, you know, he is a guy that took him a little while to get going. When you look at his numbers, he was, people were kind of, questioning, like, can he really hang with this team in terms of the speed? He just needed to get comfortable. And and once he did, he was a solid player. Uh, once once he found that comfort level on the second line, that's what they got him for, for, for that, for, you know, second line production. And he was picture perfect. Uh, and then, yeah, he, he produced in the playoffs too. Losing him on the ice hurts. Um, and because your your replacement for him is still up in the air right now. Uh, yeah, you, you might, it might be, I'm throwing out and I'm thinking it's going to be Alex Newhook. Who's a prospect who, who's not, who's unproven all the talent in the world and has high hopes for him, but he's kind of getting thrown into the fire. If that's the route they go for him being on the second line. And then another guy that they lost that wasn't like amazing production wise on the ice, but you know, in the locker room and that's uh, Pierre Edward Belmar. And, they could have brought him back. I mean, I think he went to Tampa for a million, a million and a half. It, like, not that much, not much. I think he was wow. making about that um, with the Avs. And they could have brought him back for that, clearly. But he's 36, turning 37. And the Avalanche liked to stay young. So I think that was the, the turning point for them is they didn't want to have him during that year, when you know the age creeps up on you and the production drops off like unannounced, not that he was you know scoring you know 50 points a season or anything, right? But, um, but he like just a fun loving guy keeps everybody loose. So, yeah, like you lose Sod for the production on the ice, and then you lose Belmar for the camaraderie. And those are two big guys that you're going without going into this season.
0: Ah, that's uh, that is. That's a great answer to that question. Mm. Those those are the main two that I had because, you know, from my perspective, that those seem like the biggest kind of questions heading into the season. Obviously, the goaltending and then, you know, some of those players that were lost from this Avs team. As we'll talk about at the end of the show today, kind of expectations are, I would assume, still that the Avalanche are going to be near the top, if not the top of the Central Division. So, it's you know
1: yeah I mean it, and and yeah you, you can you can be comfortable in saying that but still be like there's questions you know and and uh, a big one is the depth and I keep, you know everybody is saying this now like when you're looking back on it and you're looking back at the roster that they had last year you're like damn that was a missed opportunity they were loaded they were they everything was in line for them to make a a strong push and then. You know, once the Nazem Kadri hit went down, that was it. So um, now they, they have, and at the trade deadline, Joe Sakic said, uh, this is the deepest team we're going to have. And it's like he knew how this offseason was going to go. And he was 100% right. They're not as deep as last year. Um, but they, it, it all depends on some of these guys that they got, uh, like Ryan Murray, like if they can turn it around, um. Then, yeah, we can say like, okay, well, the guys that they lost, yeah, it sucks they lost him, but the guys that he brought in, uh, have you know have a new life for something, and 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 you know they are a deep team again, but it is a question mark right now. They have so many young guys that they're going to rely on this year, um, that are just unproven. So, we we shall see. I yeah. don't know. So, um, all right, let's hear from a couple of our sponsors, and then we'll get into some Minnesota Wild talk. So, uh, first, we're going to hear from RockAuto.com, and with the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So, save time and money when using Rock Auto and RockAuto.com. So why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from the chain stores or car dealerships? Rock Auto is a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Also, direct TV stream, get your TV together. And I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle. It's direct TV stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, game of thrones if you want, and all those shows in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. And you can learn more right now at directtv.com. Once again, that website is directtv.com. All right. Minnesota Wild, sir. Uh Interesting offseason, which is still ongoing for them. Uh, I kind of want to back up a little bit and go to last year. And going into that season, all the talk was uh, who's going to fight for the fourth spot? You know, with Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis, one, two, three. Who's going to be that fourth team? Minnesota was obviously in that discussion. They ended up being the third team and were pushing at points to be in that one, two slot. They had a solid season. Was that a surprise to to people that they did as well as they did?
0: I think so. I think it came down to a couple of different factors in that we didn't really know what we were going to get from Kirill Kaprizov going into the year. The hope was that he was going to come in ahead of schedule with the amount of time that he spent overseas and that he was going to be able to immediately help this offense. We didn't anticipate that he would be like, Colder Trophy winner uh, and just basically be the number one option on offense already. So that was a huge plus. We also got some really nice production from the likes of Jewel Erickson Eck. Kevin Fiala, again, had a very solid season. And the Wild definitely showed that in the West Division, they were better than the likes of Anaheim, San Jose, the LA Kings. And, um, they, they beat those guys regularly and Arizona as well, um, beat those guys regularly and they showed that they can go toe to toe against those other top teams in the division. Like you said, finished in third, um, my question and kind of my concern is that I think at least a portion of those numbers was simply due to playing those teams so many times. Okay. I mean, we did, we did see the wild play very evenly with, uh, with Vegas struggled mightily against St. Louis all season. And by all accounts, St. Louis had a very mediocre season for them. Um, went toe to toe with, uh, with the avalanche won some, but, uh, but lost plenty as well. And so, yes, it is important to acknowledge that the wild did have a very successful season because they did. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that came from winning the games on the schedule they were supposed to win. When it when the dust settled from the initial portion of the start of the season and you saw, okay, these bottom four teams are really not that good, um, then the goal of those nights simply became to just win those games because you have to. Um, so I would anticipate kind of moving into next year to, to answer this question too. I would anticipate that there will be a little bit of a – step down from what we saw just because of the level of competitiveness that You're playing was, everybody now playing everyone. Right. And so I don't want people to be like, well, what happened? Like they were really good last year. And now this year, they're not as good. Little different circumstances last year. And now this year we got the full schedule in front of us. And so this will be the real true test as to what this wild core, uh where they kind of sit. I still think for all accounts and purposes, they will be one of those uh, top four or five in the central, but uh, I guess we'll just have to see. see.
1: Yeah. And you know, that obviously leads to the off season and, and you mentioned Capri and that's the, that's the sticking point right now. What's, what are you hearing? Is there any, is there anything happening where this could get done and can they just hold off on doing it for like the next eight months or so? So we don't have to see him four times.
0: <laughs> so it's been uh, it's been a wild ride, pun intended, with yeah. this uh, this contract extension. We've had the reports that he's going to hold out, go to the KHL. Uh, huge thank you to the KHL for helping themselves dismiss those uh, those notions.
1: Was that just like BS? Was he just trying to call a bluff there?
0: That was uh, that was from what I have gathered. That was his agents really trying to uh to blow some smoke wow and you know it's probably not a legitimate claim when the KHL themselves is like he's not coming here
1: <laughs> like it's like you're supposed to play the role man like, like you, you as
0: you as the agent, like <laughs> scrolling through your phone and you see that and you're like oh that's <laughs> that's not going to help um wow it's it's dragged on a very long time and from what I have kind of put together from experts, you know, like Michael Russo has been plugged in on the whole thing from start to, to where we're at now comments that Bill Guerin has made uh, insisting that it continues to get closer and closer. Uh, I think now that the KHL option has been effectively squashed that they're going to realize at some point, this is the only play hmm. and whether it be right before training camp um, or you know, within the next couple of weeks here, I do think that a deal will end up getting done, and uh, I think it'll be of the longer year variety, as opposed to like a two or a three-year deal. Uh, I think it'll be closer to five, and so that is super uh, super refreshing to hear because uh, it turns out those buyouts are going to be pretty pricey uh-huh. here within the next three or four years, and so if we can keep Caprice off on the books past that.
1: Smooth sailing. What's the what's the hangup? Is it term? Is it dollar amounts? Is it both? I think it's I think it's just how to make
0: the money work with those buyouts. I think they're having to get a little creative, especially in years three and four, as to uh, to how to make that work while also maximizing the um, the money that the team has to make some moves and try to be a little more competitive. So maybe it's something that's a little more front loaded. Maybe it's a little more back loaded. Um, I think it's more so that the deal itself has been agreed to. It's just the fine prints that is still getting ironed out at this point.
1: Okay. And then, you know, some other big moves that they made with the, the two big buyouts of um, I got off on the mine and I'm, I'm blanking on who, who it is. Bob
0: but and Ryan it,
1: there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that seemed to come out of left field, at least from the rest of, of the, the, you know, onlooking NHL public. Was that even a surprise in Minnesota land? Did anybody see that coming? So,
0: yes and no. I think, I think we looked at the Zach Parisi situation as that that was going to be the best outcome for him in that he wanted more of a role. On this team, we didn't really have that to give him. And so as opposed to trying to go through the trade market and Bill Guerin said as much uh, once the buyouts happens, as opposed to trying to go through the trade market and figure out what you get in terms of compensation. The buyout just seemed the most likely option there. Um, Just gave him an opportunity for the refresh and allowed the wild to, you know, not have to worry about the the salary uh, cap recapture if he were to retire before his original deal was done. So yes, it became a, uh, a large headache to have to do it for both players. I was completely blindsided by the, uh, the Ryan Suter buyout. Mm -hmm. And I think the rest of the NFL kind of showed us just how much of an opinion people have still of Ryan Suter in that he signed with Dallas almost instantly once free agency opens and it was for a three year deal. And so The stars think that he still has a ton left in the tank and he, he, I'm sure he does. He looked good at points this past season. And there were a lot of people, myself included who were getting ready to pencil him into next year's lineup. Um, At the end of the day, it just, I think Bill Guerin just wanted to have the peace of mind that there wasn't going to be anything unintended Whereas let's say you're trying to do a contract extension for Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov. All of a sudden Parisi and Suter both retire and then you don't have the money to do it. Hmm. That I think it got to the point where he would, would rather take the hit, but know that the hit was coming as opposed to hope that those two guys could get to the end of those deals and that it wouldn't cause any more problems and then have that backfire and have you, really have to deal with some some uh, bad circumstances of uh, in that scenario
1: and you know from the reports i think pre understood it and Suter was not happy about it and like you said a uh, couple days into the free agency he signs uh not ironically with a division team um and yeah like you said dallas thinks that he he does have something left in the tank and when a guy is let go like that and and he deliberately signs with the division Uh, rival, he's going to find something left in the tank. And I think, he, you know, there's going to see a little bit of extra oomph when those two teams play.
0: Well, and he would join a long list of former Wild players who have successful post-Wild careers against their former team. There's like 30 players that just, Brent Burns is still scoring against the Wild. Mm. So he, he can certainly get in line.
1: And Parise hasn't signed with anybody, right? I don't think he's...
0: I don't believe he has officially no, signed, but um, Michael Russo also kind of plugged in there as well, saying that um, it's pretty much a done deal that he's going to the Islanders. They just haven't oh, okay. officially filed the contract yet, but that should happen um, relatively soon here. He All was right. he was participating in uh, the beauty league here in, uh, in Minnesota, so getting a little bit of kind of summer league hockey action. And gotcha. so now that that is done, I would imagine that'll be taken care of here relatively soon.
1: All right. And finally, give us some guys that are kind of maybe either under the radar or are primed to have a, a breakout year. Cause they have some, some good young players. Are any of those guys uh, expected to kind of break up much like some of these avalanche prospects are, are expecting a bigger role.
0: So all eyes this year are going to be on Marco Rossi right. and Matt Boldy. Rossi, obviously the, I'm calling him the one center in waiting, um, and there are a lot of people that are hoping that he can get to that level. Now, obviously, trying to get his legs back under him after a uh, pretty scary bout with COVID 19, but by all accounts, he's getting closer and closer and closer to back to where he was before COVID. So whether or not he starts with the Wilds or starts the season in Iowa or at some other Um, some other destination by all accounts, he will be with the wild by the time the season is done. And then after that, he is going to be a fixture on this lineup, um, for the rest of his time in Minnesota. And with the center position being a little bit lean for the wild, that is desperately needed. Mm -hmm. So if he, if he's able to come in and produce at what he's expected to, the hope is that we're not going to be upset that we did not try to uh, more aggressively go for Jack Eichel, that uh, Rossi will take some of that pressure off. And then Matt Boldy, another guy who looked ready to roll at the end of the season in uh, in Iowa, in the AHL last year, if he can hop up and take a roster spot, he should be uh, a, a very good prospect to watch as well. Uh, beyond that, uh, those I think are the two most NHL ready players that we've got. I mean, Kalen Addison on defense could certainly get some playing time here. Although with uh, a couple of the signings that the wild made on defense uh, recently, Jordy Ben being the most notable there's, I don't think there's as much pressure on him to, uh, to force his way into the wild lineup for now. So Boldy Rossi Addison, probably the three most notable names, Uh, After that, I think those guys are probably at least a year away uh, from seeing any time up in Minnesota.
1: Okay. But, yeah, I mean, the the future is looking good. It It is. Competitive now and, you know, only good things to come from Minnesota, basically. All right. Up and up. All right. So uh, let's take uh, one more break with some of our sponsors, and then we'll get into uh, where we think these two teams are going to go head-to-head. Next year. So first, we're going to hear from Built Bar. You know, Built Bar is the greatest tasting protein bar on the market, and they have so many delicious flavors. There's something for everybody. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they all have their favorites. You have, you have a favorite, Seth? Uh,
0: you know, I can't go with anything other than raspberry. Like i I've, I've tried, uh, I've tried a handful of them, but raspberry. Every time I circle back, it's just it's my favorite by far.
1: And the thing is, like, I'm not a big raspberry fan, but And I'm, you know, I'm sure people are like, oh, just because they're a sponsor. The raspberry flavored Bilt Bar is is delicious. It's fantastic. Uh, So if you haven't tried any of these flavors, you can get a mixed box where you can get two of each of nine flavors. And not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to builtbar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. And once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, and it is football season, sir. Uh, and yeah, if you want to get in on the action, BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion and... Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. So, from football, basketball, boxing, obviously hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And if you sign up today, You'll get a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. Okay, so obviously, because we finally have a full 82 game schedule, uh, these two teams are going head to head four times. Um, uh, and actually, the very first exhibition game is between. <laughs> between uh yeah so the first time we see hockey back in action it's avalanche versus wild so there we go um but the the season is kind of spread out over the course of the entirety of the year the first two games are in colorado and then the second two games are in minnesota so the first game they play is october first month of the season october 30th Uh, like i said that is in denver And then I don't think they play until, where is it here? Uh, January 17th, again in Denver. Uh, Not much of anything going on at all because of uh, the Olympics in February. But then March 27th, that one is, that's a Sunday, that is in Minnesota. And then about a month after that, in April 29th, that's a Friday. And again, in Minnesota. So, um And for the Avalanche, that that last game is the second of a back to back uh, home against Nashville, and then they go to Minnesota. So, uh, when it's all said and done, these two teams, you know, it doesn't matter where they are in the standings. Uh, These are two teams that play each other relatively well, you know, each and every game. Uh, How do you think it's going to pan out for these two guys?
0: You know, it's for me, if I look at. At the season series last year, obviously a lot more games and so uh, more tape, more tendencies um, to uh, to look at. But, you know, it it always for me strikes me uh, going up against the avalanche as not only do you have to try to contend with that top line, which is just absurd. You uh, you also have to try to contend with that second line, the third line, you know, the depth like like we talked about in uh, at the beginning with um the losses that the avalanche have had this year. The depth for them has been what set them apart because you're throwing so much attention at uh, at the top line for the avs. So much attention there that they are capable of beating you with lines 2 and 3 because you're having you're trying to match up as much as you can to slow them down. And then those guys take over, and after that, it is just—it's just like trying to uh, to outrun Usain Bolt. And so my God. hope this year is that uh, with some of that uh, that depth departure that you talked about, uh, that for the Wild they can deploy that uh, that top line of Jewel Ericsonek, Marcus Felino, and Jordan Greenway if that's how they draw it up. Really try to be physical. With, uh, with the likes of uh, of McKinnon and Rantanen, and try to just really slow those guys down and body those guys. And then it becomes more of a fair fight the rest of the lineup down. So I'm hoping that that will help even things out a little bit. But uh, at the same time, um, very good defensively to where they will be able to, uh, to key in on Kirill Kaprizov like teams did down the stretch like the Vegas Golden Knights did in the playoffs and so this is going to be a very even matchup as it should be and uh, it's it's really not going to surprise me if we see 2-2 maybe 3-1 if uh, if one of these teams runs into the other after some injuries but I, I expect to see nothing more than what we've seen just some really really exciting hockey games and some grueling physical matchups between these two teams.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think this is uh, you know, this sets up perfectly for uh home ice advantage and, and, you know, having the last change and everything like that. So yeah, I think when, when uh, Minnesota is able to li- put their best line up against, you know, the avalanche top line, um, the, obviously they'll have a better chance. So it, if that, you know, if Bednar, you know, and he's not afraid to to shift lines around, or, or if something's not working, he'll change things on the fly. So it's a little easier to do that at home. So I, I agree with you. I think you're going to see, uh, you know, a split. Um, and and I I would venture to guess it's going to be the two wins for the Avalanche at home and the two wins for Minnesota's at home. Um, but you know, you you never. What was the relationship like with Kemper and and the Wild? Was it was it a unceremonious uh, you know, example. yeah,
0: I um, I'm not super familiar with the events that led to his departure, but I know he's not a huge fan of them now, and okay. uh, that led to the led to some pretty good chirping from his uh, his days in Arizona when he would return to Minnesota, or we would go there, mm-hmm. and so he's not going to have any problem being uh, being another part of this rivalry um with the Avs now and uh, i'm sure he'll just continue to approach it as he has by uh just just making sure that uh that if his if his team is up that he uh that he lets the wild know and you know taking it yeah
1: well like like we're saying with with you know when when he goes up against him it's a little bit extra and and if that's the way it ended for for Kemper, like now that he's playing with uh, you know, a Stanley cup contender, uh, maybe he ekes out another one. So uh, I don't think we're going to see a, a season sweep uh, by any stretch of the imagination here between these two. Um, so three to one at the, the, the least I'm thinking two, two split here.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I think you end up seeing like there were in the, uh, the season series last year, there were definitely some blowout games um I know the Avs had a six nothing shutout. The Wild had a win uh, eight to three, I think. When you play teams enough, those kinds of things tend to happen um, more frequently than when you play a team four times during the course of the entire season. So the game should be a little more even, um, and so I, I don't think we'll have. I would say maybe one of the games gets out of hand either way, but. I think they'll still be pretty even throughout all four.
1: I agree. Definitely agree. Uh, but like we're saying, without a doubt, it's going to be entertaining. So, yeah. um, and every time we do another show, it's that much closer to a opening night puck drop. So oh, I love it. Um, all right, man. Well, let's uh, do this again. Maybe halfway through the season during that 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 nice Olympic break. We'll kind of check in and see how things are going. Would love to do that. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's going to be it for today in this crossover edition of the Locked on Avalanche and Locked on Wild podcast. Once again, uh, I am Chris Maselli with Locked on Avalanche, and you can find our show over at uh, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter and Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. And Seth, throw yours out there one more time as well.
0: Make sure to keep an eye on Locked On Wilds. It's uh, it's as easy as that. So make sure to give us a follow there: <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we are very active on all three, and then you can follow me as well at Seth T O U P S. If there's something that happens in the state of Minnesota, we have got you covered through Locked On and myself. And so uh, make sure to give us a follow and uh, check it out.
1: By the way, love the outdoor jerseys. I'm a big yeah. fan of those.
0: I love them. we there have been plenty of takes about those. My personal opinion, slightly busy, but I still I still <laughs> like the look. Um I, I, don't I know. you know there are people just
1: railing on them. And I'm well, like but because it doesn't fit into the mold of what they think an NHL jersey should be. It doesn't. Yeah. So I like that. I like when teams go outside of the mold. Do I, I often say like, you know, the ugly sweaters are the ones that I like the most like the avalanche one that they did uh, outdoors at the uh, Air Force. That thing is disgusting but it, <laughs> that makes it beautiful so uh, and I don't think that the Minnesota one is ugly. I genuinely think it's a really cool design. It's different. Uh, it's a little bit old school and it just doesn't fit in with what today's hockey jerseys are like so people are kind of panning them but uh, don't listen to them.
0: No, don't listen I'm to those takes.
1: I'm a fan. I won't get one but I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I may get one. We'll see. Yeah. Just, All right.
1: Alright everybody. So uh thanks for tuning in and uh we'll catch you down the road.
0: Go, Abs go.